You know, I really want to lose 10 pounds. But why? I really, I need a promotion. I just really need to focus on making more money. But why? You know what would be great? I should totally start a blog. But why? You know what? If I cut sugar out of my diet, I would lose so much weight. But why? You know what? Actually, I should probably work out more too. But why? Uh, all, every morning, I just don't set aside the time. I really, really need to spart, start making sure that I'm having some quiet time with the Lord every morning. But why? You know what? We, we're, we're always spending. I really should focus on giving more to charity. But why? Friends, every day we make goals, and whether they're big or small, and we focus on our intentions, and we typically forget to pick out the why behind that. So I'm here again with my mom, Deb, and we are going to talk all about the why today. Hey friends, I'm Cassie, and I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. sometimes as much as I love goal planning it can just be so stressful and overwhelming but one of the things that I've learned in my own goal setting journey and with lots of mentors that I've had is just that there has to be a reason behind why we do things or it just doesn't stick yeah and sometimes I think we do things automatically we've discussed Mm -hmm. this many times there's certain things that we just automatically do because we know we're supposed to do it, whether it's brushing our teeth so we're not having plaque and tooth decay or eating because we have to eat. Uh, there's certain things that we just, we regularly do. But when we think about all those funny things that you, you know, the things that you just gave as examples, some of them are funny, but most of them are real. Like we want to be healthier, we want to lose weight, we want to... Um, do well at our jobs or we want to make sure we're supporting our family Mm -hmm. if we're talking about chronic illness we're talking about trying to take care of our bodies and symptom management and Mm -hmm. all the things all the things but why do we do certain things some things we have to do as i said they're right in front of us we know we need to brush our teeth or um if you're a parent you got to take care of your kid and change their diaper or whatever it is Uh, but there's a lot of these bigger things that if we can kind of dial back a little bit and tune into our why, why is it worthy, why have it as a goal, why continue something maybe that we've always done because maybe we don't need to continue to do it. Our lives are always changing as we grow and get older and our relationships change and our health changes, better or worse. So doesn't it make sense that we dial back and we check out our why? So that's kind of what we're going to dig into some more today. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that's really amazing about this concept is that it doesn't just shape your life when you're focusing on the big things. At this point in my goal-setting journey, 
and all of that, you know, I've actually like found that I start picking out the why for all the little things too. And I do that without even thinking. I mean, like what you were even mentioning is just an example of like brushing your teeth. And that's one of the things that I actually have a habit tracker that I track. How often do I floss? And it was like, well, why did I want to do that? Why did suddenly after me, like after years of really not taking good care of me, why all of a sudden do I want to do that? Oh, well, because I started going to the dentist and again, and like, I just, things are going really well and I want to keep it that way. So I need to maintain it, which became the why for this little itty bitty thing of flossing every day. There was a why behind it. And it's because all of those big things had whys. I was able to see the little whys too. And actually, as we always do, this wasn't a part we were going to talk about, but let's dig into that a little bit more. Being your mom, I know how much you suffer and I know just even all the logistics of trying to get into that dental clinic that you Mm -hmm. go to uh, and the pain. Like you have a daily pain issue throughout Mm -hmm. your body. So there's something to think about there if you did have to get fillings, if you did need major dental work. And I guess part of why we're talking about teeth is, you know, I'm dealing with a lot of dental work Mm -hmm. and I've had a lot of... um, a lot of procedures and we realized mm-hmm. it was an underlying kind of health issue and that's kind of just my cross to bear so to speak is multiple um extractions and implants and all kinds of things and going to dental clinic in boston where it's less expensive but it's a real toll on me getting there physically going for longer appointments because mm-hmm. these they're under um, their students and mm-hmm. they're dealing with all the different faculty and things so so yeah, for both you and me, in some ways, yeah. there's a real cost to our why if we're not taking care of our teeth. That's so true. Yeah, and uh, that sounds like a little thing, but if you're looking at your overall health, uh, and we'll talk about this in some other um, future episodes about self-care, our dental health is really the entryway to our whole gut bacteria. So mm-hmm. stay tuned for that in the future, because we are going to talk about that. Yeah. But your why for just doing a little habit tracker with your mm-hmm. teeth is so much more than just, oh, I want my teeth to look good, you know. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, it's okay for when we're kind of setting goals if if we're not really in-depth about every single goal. I mean, that, that can be overwhelming. The thought of being like figuring out a why for every single detail, if that's overwhelming, that's totally okay. And you, we just have to start somewhere. That's what's so important. We were talking about this today of just, we sometimes just need to start. And when we start identifying for one thing our why, it's going to start to trickle into other areas of our lives because that's when change happens. Change doesn't happen because we just decide to do something. It's because it matters to us when we decide to do something. And it's sustainable change, meaning we don't just suddenly create this habit. Uh, say we go back to one of your first examples about losing 10 pounds because hello mm-hmm. isn't that so many people uh you want sustainable change somebody can make a major shift in their diet mm-hmm. or their exercise a lot of people decide to do all the things as we've it's, talked about yeah. at once but they don't sustain it um we're going to talk about resolutions and all kinds of cool stuff like that too and if you don't have your why all those resolutions that people make for the new year yeah. or even around a new job or a new career change whatever it is they don't last mm-hmm. you know so i think that's so important too is we can lose um track of our why yeah. or our why can change so what was something yep. simple in the beginning is really shifted and evolved as you said with a lot of this planning 
Yeah. And that's, and that's, what's so important about, you know, when you set goals and you're working, you know, I'm, we're working on our goals for 2020 right now and trying to figure out, you know, what, what does God have in store for us for this next year? But there are pieces of even just on a spiritual end of things, you know, there are pieces to 2020 that God has not shown either of us. Mm -hmm. There are going to be so many things that are going to happen and change and whatnot that we have no expectation of. We can plan the whole year out to a T if we want, but it's not going to work out that perfectly because God doesn't let us sometimes see the entire big picture because he wants us to be present. And so it's okay to know that if you set a goal and in three months you realize that that goal doesn't fit the lifestyle that you're living or the goal needs to change to a new direction. Maybe it's in the same area, but it needs to be directed differently. That's okay. Like we can change our goals. What matters is that we are figuring out, well, what is that? Why? And maybe it's not, I need to lose 10 pounds or cut out sugar, but you just want to overall be healthier. You may, you may even just cut out sugar for a time and you don't need to cut it out entirely out of your whole life. And it was something you proved to yourself that you could do and you accomplish. But maybe you're like, well, I just want to maybe only eat one dessert a week or something that you can really change that goal. It doesn't just automatically become incomplete and worthless if you don't do it exactly how you thought you would initially. Right. And, you know, what what do you notice when you did cut down sugar? Mm-hmm. Did you notice you felt better? Um, some people report when they've been doing a lot of sugar you know, they have that sugar rush and then they have that crash. Mm-hmm. So did you notice you were less moody? Did you notice you didn't have all these shifts in your energy going up and down, up and down all day long? This could tie into a goal around coffee too mm-hmm. or caffeine. Um, did you notice you just felt calmer? Did you notice it was easier to be more mindful? Did you notice you weren't so hungry, you know, uh, for myself mm-hmm. when I was a younger nurse and just kind of getting used to um, shift work and being into work so early, I would grab a muffin. Mm-hmm. Um, blueberry was my favorite, and I would grab a muffin on my way in. And I wasn't even thinking about the calories back then because I was pretty skinny and, you know, burning it off kind of thing. But I would just crash. Like, I would actually get shaky after mm-hmm. a certain amount of time. And I was like, what is going on? And I wasn't having a, a ton of caffeine. Um, that was more when I was doing nights. Boy, that was bad when I was a night shift nurse. But um, – I it kind of identified that it was the muffin and it was like all the sugar and those quick mm-hmm. carbs. And then when I learned more about nutrition, because again, they don't teach a lot of that, unfortunately, at least when I went to nursing school and I wasn't understanding how that affects my whole body. Mm-hmm. And I would, I felt so much better when I made that change and I wasn't eating a sugary muffin. And there was a point at some point where I was like, I'm never eating one of those again because I looked at the calories or the sugar content, just how that was doing nothing for me. And I remember being young and I would be like, I am never eating a blueberry muffin again. Well, let's just be truthful people. There's been a lot of blueberry muffins that followed. But just so you know, I literally asked her to bring me a blueberry muffin here today. If she had time, it is, it's, they're great. They're great. Maybe that ties into They're my great. legacy, too. Blueberry muffins. Because yeah. my daughter at. That's so you, funny. Yeah. I just, just, all of a sudden, you're like, I will never have one again. And I was like, I literally texted I just her asked this morning you, and asked her to get you one. You almost took me down the blueberry muffin road, which is funny because I didn't end up getting you one. <laughs> I know. But uh, anyway, so my point is that was just silly and short-sighted to be like, I'm never having one again. But boy, it's never been a regular part of my diet. It's like a, mm-hmm. I don't call it cheat day, but people call it cheat days, mm-hmm. you know. Again, but my why was, it wasn't worth it. 
I don't feel good. And you can insert whatever item that is for you. When I eat that high calorie sugar item, I don't feel good. Well, and even taking it out of the context, I know that a lot of us are very, especially in the chronic, you know, the chronic illness community where we have so many restrictions and allergies Mm. and all sorts of other things. We're using, you know, that diet healthy lifestyle as an example but this this can apply to anything this can apply to saying well i am never gonna miss another church service again and to be honest you you probably will (laughs) and it's just gonna happen and so it's like okay well why do i want to be in church how can i make things work i mean that was a huge transition for jared and i when i was just in the i mean because it was Mm -hmm. weekends we that was what we did and I just couldn't make it to church. And so when Jared and I had moved and got married, we were really looking at where do we want to go to church? Where, what is going to work for us? And something that we really looked for when we were going through the process of finding a new church was to just go, okay, well, what online options are there? Because there are some churches that have the ability to do live stream services and the church that we really felt called to be at did that and I will let you know we I would still say because of my body we attend online about probably 60 to 70 percent of the year Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that we are any less a part of our church or that we are not gaining all that God has to offer us we just had to do it differently than we thought we would yeah and you um visited your home church yes uh, and that was nice and I thought, oh, you know, a lot of people haven't seen you in a while, and mm-hmm. that can be a little overwhelming health-wise, but yeah. you made it work, and that was kind of neat, because you still, I realized, even though you've you've gotten married and moved away, which is a total normal stage in your mm-hmm. life, you still have a connection to your home church, and yes, of course, Dad's the pastor, so there's a little difference that way, but I think even if he wasn't, and we had been really very involved in that church that was still a a place of fellowship 100% I mean even um one of the elders of the church I'm extremely close with Mm -hmm. our whole family if Miss Diana if you're listening we love you um (laughs) but it is something where you know we have lots of relationships with a lot of the people in our church and I love that I send letters and receive letters from them I text them and it's not like well that relationship is over I was still able to keep that even though my life shifted. And I can think of a bunch of people, like even, you know, I'm glad you gave a shout out, but you know, I can say that they are our extended family. Yes, they are. So again, that's, I guess, part of our why, mm-hmm. you know, yes, we're trying to, we were trying to serve God and we were a ministry family in that church. Um, but I would still stay connected with so many of those people. We're still connected with our church from years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the people there. So what's our why? Our why is about relationships and cultivating yep. friendships and and fellowship is so important whether we get it online in person however that works it's so important to have fellowship so it isn't just like even taking it from a pastor's family side you know there's I think sometimes expectations that you're just going to get to know everybody and do everything but why did we want to do that well because we wanted fellowship we wanted to get Mm -hmm. to know the people that were surrounding us and praying for us and we wanted to be able to do the same for them and that why leads those relationships and it's grown so many good things so many good things and you know that's part of the why we want to not only grow good things in our own lives but help grow good things in other people's lives right and I think if we were thinking about goals going into Mm -hmm. um, the new year or for me we've been having an interesting time you and I um, 
you gave me my power sheets for my birthday. So yes. that was mid-year. So that was halfway through the year. And um, I was excited about them, but I was feeling kind of lost. Like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I know your life could be, if there's such a thing as, you know, a cultivate coach, power sheet coach, you'd be it. Um, so I had you kind of at my beck and call, so to speak, but I still kept getting mm-hmm. lost about goal planning. And I have to have certain goals for work. I certainly, with my husband, have relationship goals. Mm-hmm. Not that we write them all out, but we have goals for this stage that we're in our life as parents of young adults and you know, emerging adults mm-hmm. and, um, you know, financial goals for our future or whatever. But we also have gotten a little lost. Like I would say I've drifted a bit because we also deal with your illness, whether yep. you live with us or not and the financial side of it or just the time impact of it. Yep. And, um, it, it's interesting. I feel like I got a little bit lost, you mm-hmm. know, like on all these great things happened yep. as we discussed, you know, when you have graduations and weddings and, uh, for us, we don't have like a new baby in the family, but there's plenty of people we know who do. And we got embraced, yep. you know, we're embracing that. So there's in this deaths and there's losses and there's people who move and this, you think your job is going to be a certain way and then something changes with that. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to kind of, I'm picturing kind of a boat now, just bobbing along on the water and I've, yeah. we've stayed afloat in a lot of good times on that boat, but where's the boat going? Yeah. And if we're not directed as far as our why, it doesn't, why make all these goals for 2020 if we really don't know what the purpose is for them? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what this general conversation is, as all of ours are general. Uh, we thought we'd take you back to a couple of things that we thought were important yeah. in our experiences. Do you want me to start with this or would you rather jump into that? Okay. So um, one of the things I was telling Cassie about is part of my job is um, working on employee engagement. It's actually one of my favorite parts of the job. And that's, again, my why. It's caring about people and wanting to help people. And if there's a way that I can connect somebody so that they can feel their best at work, then we're going to have less workplace injuries. We're going to have less turnover Mm -hmm. at the company. We're going to have people being more productive like how great is that that I get to do my teeny teeny piece that most people don't even notice that I get to contribute to that and um so uh, one of the things that's kind of worked out nicely where I am is pretty much quarterly we do what's called like a live table event we do something where the nurses in any of the wellness stakeholders within the company like we have a fitness professional um we've had um like a health promotion specialist who She's not on site that often, but she's connected. We have somebody who likes to do mindfulness, um, and she's happy to volunteer some time. So we came up with, hey, you're doing this, you're doing this, we're kind of doing that. Why don't we, like, do something together? Mm -hmm. So that was exciting to be kind of the little event planner behind the scenes. And in February, we do a heart health awareness because that's kind of the big thing with a lot of the um, American Heart Association and a lot of different Mm -hmm. um, cardiac events you know that that people do are in february you know and tying tying in with valentine's and things so i got to do a really cool um event around that and obviously we all have a heart we were joking that sometimes you think someone doesn't have one but <laughs> the way they behave but it's it, it affects men and women and mm-hmm. we especially we're trying to get some of the women to realize that one in three women have cardiac disease and one in three women will will die of mm-hmm. it so when you get a group of your girlfriends together or your loved ones in your family, like realize that, like, you know, do, do the numbers and it's pretty powerful. So one of the best things that we had 
out of the whole year response from is we did this quick little table and I got these little cards. They look kind of like the scrapbooking or gift cards, um, the gift tags, and they were like a fun color. I got them just really cheap at a local craft place. And I set up a little thing with just a tiny bit about data. And I just said, you know, everybody talks about wanting to be healthier, but what's your why? Mm. Would you like to share anonymously what your why is? And they used Sharpies and they wrote all over these cards. And there were common themes. I want to be there for my kids. I mm -hmm. want to have energy for my kids. Um, I want to live long enough to have grandchildren and see them and be in their lives. I want to make a difference in my job. Mm -hmm. um, where I am, they um, work on a lot of medical uh, medical research. I'll leave it at that. Um, I want to make a difference. I want to save lives, whatever. Mm -hmm. So it was amazing. And we ended up taking them, because again, they were anonymous, and we made a whole display that stayed up for quite a while. And people were like, oh, you know. So, And then we had the ability, if someone wanted to meet with me or the health promotion specialist about some coaching, one-on-one -on -one, we could mm -hmm. dig into that a little bit more so um that long story basically leads me to well how can you kind of do that for yourself how can you write your whys mm -hmm. and if you have set a goal to lose 10 pounds which i see people sit in front of me all the time they're like i have to lose weight all right well, why well it'd be healthier to lose weight i i agree but like what worked for you in the past you mm -hmm. know what's what's having that as a goal now and very often they actually drop that goal and they prioritize something else that needs to happen. Because even mm -hmm. for me, I'd like to be a little bit thinner, but I realize that's not, if I can get some other parts of my life in order, that's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Because weight gain happens from being distracted, not being mindful of what we put in our mouth because we're just distracted and busy and overwhelmed or whatever. We're not exercising because we're doing too much at our job or for our kids or whatever it is. But if you get that in order, very often the weight comes in order or someone reconnects with something they love um somebody who when we were sitting here working earlier they gave me a call a former colleague she's doing yoga all the time and mm -hmm. that was a huge thing for her when she worked full-time in crazy hours she couldn't do anything like that and she feels so good now and in doing the yoga she reconnected with two friends from high school who now live in mm -hmm. that area too and she is having the as you kind of could yeah. hear she's having the best time just like such a great season of her life um, that's goals right there. Yeah, and you know, and one of the things with this too, I we do not discount how overwhelming this can sound. And so one of the tools that I've um, really been starting to apply to my life and whatnot is just um, this rule is really explained in a lot of different places um, by a lot of different people. But the gist of it is to think about the 10, 10, 10. So when you're thinking about that, it's when it's a, it's a question you want to ask yourself before you're committing to something, whether that be a goal or an event or an obligation, whatever it may be, and just kind of say, all right, well, what does this decision hold and what is that going to affect me in 10 minutes? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I, all right, so it's going to affect me in this way. Well, in 10 weeks, how is this decision going to affect me? And then thinking about 10 years, in 10 years, am I going to regret this decision? Mm -hmm. And that's something where we can just go, okay, well, will future me like this decision, even though present me likes it? Is future me going to like it? And I even thought of something funny um, just thinking about this. So I, 
I love it, and I totally have taken it on as a habit, too. Um, you like to talk to yourself in the third person about Deb, and I love it. It's literally, I do it all the time about me. And so there are times that I will organize stuff and get stuff together, and then later on I'm like, where did I put it? And I'm looking at all the places that I would have just dumped whatever the item is somewhere, and then I'll find it in the place that it should have been all along oh, and go, yes. and go oh, yeah, Cassie. yeah, the organized Cassie did that. Thanks, Cass. Oh and my like gosh. moving on. And I say that because I 100% got that for my mom. But it's so true because it's just like, oh, okay, thanks, organized me. So that's being like, all right, in that moment, I was clearly thinking about future me and I just didn't remember that I could be that organized. But it is true, you know, like when we're thinking about what's going to affect us and I say this knowing that my life is completely unpredictable. Tomorrow, Things could dislocate, I could need surgery. We never, ever, ever know what tomorrow holds. But if I were to say, well, if I were to have things keep going the way they are, or things get better, or whatever the case may be, still when I look back at this phase of my life, even if it's different from the phase I'll be in in 10 years, what would I wish I had done in that situation? Would I do the same thing over again? Or would I do something differently? And that's really... I think helpful when I'm thinking about my 2020 goals and going, okay, well, not only why does this matter to me, but how do I think this will affect me and matter to me in the future? And I think that that's really important. And I think for me, in a way, that helps me break down the overwhelm because I can just take it slow, pull it apart, pray on it, and then really to see where I need to move forward. Yeah, and I think of two things with that, too. I think um, it's great talking it out loud. Like, we mm-hmm. were just, just the conversation we've just had, we've kind of had a couple aha moments. Like, oh, I never thought about that, about the teeth thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if, so if there is someone you can talk that through with, that's awesome. But we know that, um, especially in chronic illness and things, it can be very lonely. Mm-hmm. And there isn't always somebody to talk to, but you found a way that you can go through all these things on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also connect with like-minded people on social media, like the yep. Power Sheets, there's a ton of stuff with Power Sheets groups, all that stuff. Um, and trying to stay focused. It's like, what was my second point about that? Um, oh, and we talk about, you know, 10 minutes and, and that kind of thing, but I, I would take it further if you are a faith-based person. How is this going to touch eternity? And that helps me a lot. So when I get, you know, wound up about something, you can't just be like, oh, well, that's not going to affect attorney. It doesn't matter. Well, well, it does matter because our actions do matter. Um, you know, what we do does affect other people. And, yes, we have the hope of heaven as a faith-based person, but not everybody has that hope. So mm-hmm. we want to be think that way. But how does something touch eternity? That, that helps ground me a lot because yeah. some of these things, like, it's just not going to matter. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not, that's not, it's not kingdom building. It's not, you know, we probably need to drop that because that's really not how God wants us spending our time. For yep. instance, I can go crazy on event planning for church. I learned through doing a lot of the um, goal work that I really enjoy that. I enjoy mm-hmm. events and planning and I it doesn't really stress me out too much um, as long as I'm communicating with people so that I'm not trying to do things myself. And... But, you know, you don't want to be, if you're in ministry, for instance, it shouldn't just all be about events. Mm -hmm. If someone's attending all kinds of events, but they're not developing and growing in in that goal you Mm -hmm. said about spending time with the Lord, none of that matters. So how do we touch eternity? 
So um, I love the 10, 10, 10, because I feel like that's an awesome way to break it down. But then mm-hmm. go that extra level, how's it touch eternity? Yeah, and even thinking about eternity, you know, I think of legacy that comes to mind when we think about eternity. And friends, I, when we were discussing all of this, I was just dropped a total truth bomb by my mom. And, you know, something that, you know, I had never, ever expressed this to you in any capacity that it had kind of, I always felt a little bit hesitant with the question um, where you want to be when you're older and you're 80 or whatever it is. And I just was like, well, no, I probably just feel that way because I'm just younger or like, you know, whatever it is. And you were the one that had actually been like, well, you know, maybe that isn't exactly the right question. You explained to me how you felt about it. And it was just like, whoa, yeah, because our, like, life is not guaranteed. And I don't know that I'm going to make it to 80. Mm -hmm. I I could make it to be 110. I have no idea, but what I, probably not, but like, you know, (laughs) I'm just going to give you that truth bomb. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think so either. But, (laughs) but in reality, so legacy isn't just thinking about what it's going to look like. Well, what would it look like today? What is your legacy right now? Holds and there's a quote because I I get really attached to titles. For anyone who does all the Enneagram numbers, I'm a three, which means I am an overachieving title clutching person. Mm-hmm. And I had actually read this quote today by Morgan Nichols, and she had just said, "More than she was known for her accomplishments, she was known for the way that she loved." And that really hit me deeply because this year I have lost a lot of titles, if you want to put it that way, that I've put my identity around and when I'm really ready to share this identity crisis almost journey that I've gone through over the past year, I will be ready to share it with you when God gives me that go ahead. But for now, what I can say is in losing a lot of titles, I've had to say, okay, well, who am I? What do I believe? What is my truth? And how is that going to affect the people around me? And that doesn't have any weight of how long I'm living. That has to do with right now and being present and exactly where I'm at. And if something were to happen to me today, how do I want someone to remember me right now? If we were to sit here, I know that I would say I want my mom, but she loved blueberry muffins. and Blueberry anything. Really. really. But I would also just say that she has always encouraged me to grow and to adapt. And these are all things I would think that I got my, I would like, I would like to think that my love for event planning came from you, my love to move into ministry has come from you and dad and just all of that. So it really comes down to what do you want to be remembered for and not even thinking down the line, but right now. Right. And sometimes it can be something concrete. People want to remember it for, for something that they achieved and that's okay. And that's okay. That is okay. And people have achieved great things and that should be noticed. Um, Sometimes we don't want to take credit for things. It's like, Mm. because we want to remain humble, but there's also a place for, wow, they developed, you know, I'm a nurse, so I'm thinking of people who've done amazing things in nursing. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, holla to the queen, Florence Nightingale, but, you know, you want to be noted for some achievements, but I think what we're talking about here is, yeah, it's more our, our, our qualities about us is more our legacy, and if we can pass on, um, for me, I'm always somebody um, that finds hope, too, mm-hmm. and somebody said, 
I don't want to describe you as hopeful. You are hope-filled. And that meant a lot to me that someone saw that in me. And it was somebody who had been mentoring me with the nurse coaching and I, and who, who isn't even a faith-based person. And that, mm -hmm. that you know, meant a lot. Um, should I mention the assignment that I was given at work? Yeah, I do want to make one super quick point that if you, if you're in the same place that I'm at, where you have done really awesome things that you're really proud of, but they're not necessarily who you identify with now, that does not in any way, shape, or form put down the accomplishments that you've made. It does not make them any less relevant. They're still a part of you. They're a part of your story and what helped you become the person that you are today. And so whether you are struggling, do I feel proud of these things? And you're going through that humble pride kind of struggle. You may also just be sitting here and going, well, there were a lot of things that I was proud of, but I don't have anything to be proud of anymore. Yeah, and especially if they were taken from you, which, which is just discussed. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, if you were on a track as a student or a career person or a wife or mother, I mean, it's people who, I mean, it's just so tragic. They, mm -hmm. they thought they'd be married and that person left them or they died or, I mean, they, they, I don't want to go down that yeah, road because I, I could list 20 things that are really sad and hard that people are dealing with and I'm sure some of them are, are listening right now and I, th I think that is I'm glad that you mentioned that I think that is really important because so many people they don't even know what they're here for anymore mm -hmm. because they feel like they're just existing and um, we've had a whole other podcast about burden mm -hmm. that it's the illness that's the burden that you know the person isn't um, and I, de I definitely recommend if you're new to listening to this I always joke that maybe five people that I know are listening <laughs> that's it but if you have picked this up and I hope you have through all of them through speaking to the heart um, go back to the one um, related to burden and I think that would really help a lot if, if you're struggling with that right now yeah episode nine was with Katie nine. and okay. it should be nine and we just did it about how you're not your illness and it definitely is going to help you um, find some clarity between the line that seems to get blurred all the time between you and your illness and the burden. Yeah, and if you're not the person with the illness, but I do know a lot of people who have said, oh, I'm going to pass this podcast on because that'll help that, that person understand what I'm going through or someone else is mm -hmm. going through. So, um, you know, listen to it from the filter of where you are. You may be somebody who just knows somebody. Everybody knows somebody with a chronic yep. illness. Sadly, the data is so bad right now. Um so one thing, we won't spend a lot of time on this, but we always try to give practical tips because that's just what we do. And yep. we realized this one was helpful Be in actually talking about our why. Um, I signed up through um, a thing at work where I could get some free coaching because, like, why not, right? And I think I've mentioned this before, but it was a whole phone thing, so that was kind of nicer. So I wasn't, like, in person with, with the coach. And it was really fast. We're talking, like, 10 15 minute phone calls usually each time but I did my homework and I, I didn't have to do any of this it was all elective even if I signed up for it and then said yeah I, I'm not comfortable with this that was a true um, coaching relationship that I could bag out of anything I didn't want to do and this the person coaching me was fabulous and she um, worked with me on an assignment that I'll just cut it down there were different parts to it but it was really about understanding your core values so that helps you understand mm -hmm. your why and before you set all kinds of goals and yeah, we did smart goals and different things, but it was really about getting to the essence of why do we want to do things? What's our purpose? What are our values? And one that, um, I really liked and actually our, your brother, my son, uh, just had to do for a college essay 
was going back to, you know, you can hear somebody's eulogy at a funeral or read their obituary. So they call them kind of like eulogy virtues or um, obituary accomplishments versus also um, like what you put on a resume. So like mm -hmm. he's in a time of doing his college applications or if someone's, you know, changing jobs or going for a job, they write their resume. Those are all like skills, assets, virtues, mm -hmm. but they're different. What's in your obituary if it was well-written? I've seen some pretty bad ones actually. <laughs> um, or said at your funeral, your eulogy, that kind of thing. That's about you and yeah, maybe what you did in your life, but it's who you really were and what mm -hmm. you're remembered for versus what's on your resume um, or your college application. So this gets into our why. And anyway, so the object was to write that. If someone mm -hmm. was going to say my eulogy or my obituary, and that was super hard. I only ended up doing it in bullet points. I couldn't even write a paragraph. But what was cool in doing that is I wanted to think, like, I was hoping this was pretty far in the future, <laughs> not soon, um, in my early 50s. So I kind of was thinking that assignment, like, if you're 80 mm -hmm. kind of thing. But I didn't know. I did write that I wanted to be a grandma, so... I'm hoping that doesn't happen too soon with any of the kids. <laughs> Anyways, it was far enough in the future that I would have grandkids. And didn't mean it was going to be 80. But um, it was a lot she about... She might be 80 if she's waiting on me. No. But... <laughs> gosh. Even if you didn't have an illness, I'd be waiting on you, I'm thinking. I know. That's a whole other That's podcast. a whole other thing. <laughs> anyway. resist. Go ahead. So, basically... I'm passing this on to you, not necessarily what I wrote about myself, but as a tip that you can try to write. Try to write some either bullet points or paragraph if someone was saying something, um, in again, about you even now. If, a, if you left your job or you weren't living where you were and someone said, hey, yeah, I remember that person, write it down. Write down how you'd want to be known. And so you can really be living with these with this legacy intention because even if right now maybe you'd consider somebody a jerk like if they if they were to write about them that can be changed that can all be changed mm -hmm. so for me what was super cool is in writing that it helped me realize Cassie and I had always talked about doing a podcast or me contributing to a blog well it was always like a great idea wouldn't that be fun it actually got me to do it and yep. have the courage to do it and I even followed up with the coach and said, here's the link to our first podcast, which was super which was, scary. Yeah. Even now, when I hear that somebody, oh, hey, I listened to it, I, I cringe. And I'm like, there's a sense of tension for a moment. And then they go, oh, I really learned something about blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I can exhale. And that's some fear. It's overcoming some fear in, of criticism mm -hmm. um, or, or judgment or whatever. And I'm like, why would I live by the labels that someone else gives me? I want to go by the titles that I work mm -hmm. with God on, not with the title that someone else is trying to label me with. Does well, that make sense? Yeah, and it's so important, too, to think of, you know, like, we're, we're not the opinions of people that don't know us, but they can still affect us. And that that is there. But when push comes to shove... It has to, in the end, be about that eternity-focused goal and mindset and who he says you are. Because it doesn't matter what I think about who you are, anybody thinks. And same goes for me. But it matters to me what God thinks of me. And am I living out what he has told me to do? And I don't know where this quote had come from, but it was sent to me by a friend and they just, um, the quote said, she stopped living for approval 
because she realized she already has it from the one that matters. Mm. And that has been just something that I keep on my phone all the time. And when I start to be doubtful, I start to get start to get stressed about my own goals or my own why, or I'm frustrated because what I'm living out doesn't look like what I hoped for or what I had prayed for essentially. But it doesn't matter because I don't need approval from anyone else except God. And when we do those things, he will show up. He will be there. He will be present. He will help you figure out your why. He will help you. He will help you goal set. If you ask him just to reveal to your heart the things that you need to focus on, he will. He loves to answer our prayers. He loves to show up and he will when we give him the opportunity. Right. And it can help you also just have an excitement because you can maybe not be hope filled because you know, just all the anxiety and stress around illness or disappointment or, you know, I mean, again, I'm not going to bring us down with giving a list of 20 things. You can all fill that in for yourselves of of some kind of hurt, Mm -hmm. disappointment that we don't get through life without that, but you can get excited again and Mm -hmm. you really can be excited again. I was reminding you, um, when you and Jared were going to do podcasts and I was like, Oh, I hope it's conveyed like what a support you are to him versus all the physical things. Of course he does Mm -hmm. for you. But just, just, you're kind of this touch point for all of us in so many ways. Like, look at me now doing this podcast with you and, and the goal planning we just did in my book and how patient you were instead of being like, oh my gosh, mom, will you just turn the page? Like, you just like, <laughs> okay, so this is some tips that I think might be helpful and you just let me go, you know? And that's, that's a huge encouragement that we, we can go to you and that kind of thing. So, um, well, and it just goes to show too, you know, I just recently was talking to my dad on the phone actually, and you know, I had just told him like, you know, this, this wasn't exactly what I prayed for. This wasn't the way that I wanted to make an impact. And that was, that is the Mm -hmm. like real cynical truth behind how I, and I, I was at a thing at Jared's work and they asked me what I did and I went to suddenly be like, Oh, I'm a dance. And then I just stopped and I was like, well, I'm not that anymore. And I started discounting what I did and Jared and I got in the car and he was like, Hey, we need, we need to like chat about something. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, what? And he was just like, you have to allow yourself to be proud of what you're doing now. He was like, because even though it is not what you imagined, you are still helping people. You are still present. You are still here in that all matters and he was like and you need to talk about it like that with other people because he was like you you going and just saying oh yeah I run this blog and I do a podcast and like just really like not talking about it he was like that isn't like why would why would someone think that that's so important to your legacy and he was like but it is and women I think go through that too um when they you know say they become a stay-at-home mom Mm -hmm. you know all you know for a long time I was somebody's wife or somebody's mom like that's how I introduced mm-hmm. myself and you know a big, big part of what my passion was with nursing and all that I had kind of set aside you're still always a nurse but mm-hmm. I was not actively working for the first time in my life and that that part of me was like oh I, I don't know how to talk about that so now that mm-hmm. I do work again yes that is part of my identity and what I bring to this show for instance a lot of those experiences and my but that's not who I am mm-hmm. that's something I do and yeah. I think our essential character of who we are is what I hope people get through as far as their legacy so again think about what um you want your legacy to be and be really open that that can change because again it already has changed for many people what they thought they were going to be and what they were going to contribute to the world i mean has changed friends i'm i'm 23 and i've 
had two totally different careers and lost them both. And I'm 23. And actually, and... I forgot about one good tip that I was given by an ER physician years ago when you were really struggling. He said, you know, um, encourage her to read biographies. And again, you can decide if you're somebody who pulls out a book from the library or an audio book or online, whatever mm-hmm. it is, you buy books. Um, but that's like super helpful. And the reason he said that is he said people who really have a... Um, really have this uh, sense of accomplishment in their life, like really mm-hmm. happy with how things turned out. They had failure after failure after failure. Mm-hmm. And I see this too, even just with young people, I try to encourage them before they're going off to college or whatever. Like, y- I know you think that you plan now, but I want you to know it's okay if that changes. Mm-hmm. I said it to kids going off to the Marines. I've said it to kids going off to college, I said it to kids starting a trade, whatever. Like it is still okay. Because when you think of what you think of as successful people or well-grounded people, mm-hmm. very few started exactly kind and ended up where they wanted to. There's this whole line that you know that was not this straight line, not this straight arrow yeah. trajectory. And I'm so grateful that I had that encouragement, even when I didn't want it. You would always make a point to be like, "It's okay if this changes," and I would be like, "It is not okay." But like, you allowed me to walk through that. And for anybody who's listening who just needs a mom to tell you that it's okay that things change, she can tell you right now. It is. It is. It is really okay. Uh, I'm not going to say everything is going to be Pollyanna okay because sometimes it's not. And we joke. I think I use this maybe on a former podcast, but I'm like, this too shall pass. It may pass like a kidney stone, but it will pass. (laughs) And if you've ever had one, mine was worse than labor. Um, I had a friend who had a kidney stone and a baby within a month of each other. And so, yeah, she wins everything. She wins the world. She wins it all. But my point is, it is going to be okay. But you Mm -hmm. need to reach out to the right people and the right resources. And I am a huge fan of podcasts. That's part of how we started doing this one. So educate yourself. There are so many Mm -hmm. opportunities out there. And reach out to Cassie, however you Mm -hmm. normally connect. And uh, we're here for you. Yeah, so... In all things, remember that it all comes back to your why. Why does this matter to you? Why do I want to move forward? Why why did God place me here? And we may not get all of those answers to our whys, but we can focus on what we can do with what we have. So, yes, and I would say wind up with not being so hung up in the, why am I doing this, Lord? But more like, Right, why is this important to me? Maybe why something is not important to me anymore and I need mm-hmm. to let that go. And I had a friend who thought I was crazy when I was like, what next? And they thought that was a negative thing. And I'm like, no, what next? Like, mm-hmm. bring it on in a good way. What What would you have for me next? Because there is always something to look forward to. That is so true. So as you think about who you are, be present, be mindful of the future, But allow yourself to be present and focus on what's going on. And you are important. Absolutely. Keep the devices in your home protected from Wi-Fi threats with Xfinity XFi. If it's connected, it's protected. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Switch to Xfinity today and get a great offer. You'll get fast speeds and the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with Xfinity XFi. And now you can get advanced security for free when you get the XFi Gateway. That's a $72 value per year. 
Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store to switch today. Restrictions apply.